Ladies and gentlemen, peoples across the world, wherever you're all at, in a chair, laying down, driving around, whatever it is, welcome to Exploring Thoughts with a Curious Observer podcast with Simon Wiskowski, good friend of mine from way back. I was in university and college and I was playing the saxophone and I was trying to figure out what's going on. I would go to jam sessions and this guy, this guy would get up on stage and just, I remember I would be left with, okay, that's what's happening in Austin. Okay, there's there's some players here. There's some players and things are happening. And sharing the stage with you, Simon, has always been a pleasure. Great band leader, especially sax lead following how you know how the flow of the band and uh and aside from that i know that you went to atkin university I, let me let me allow me to share this one thing i found so interesting about simon was you you told me this story you may remember you told me that one day i believe you even said it was a sunday you woke up and you looked in the the uh, on your on your uh, library And you, you saw a book and it was Robert Kiyosaki, Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then you read it. And after you read that book, that was the day you changed your life. Like it changed your whole life. You literally put the saxophone like, you know what? I'm going to put pause on that. You know, there's there's more to life than I've ever even thought about than that. I wish to explore more to the point where you went to. Is it Atkin University? It's yeah, it's Acton, A C T O N. Yeah, it's it's named after it's named after a philosopher, Lord Acton. Lord Acton. Look at that. <laughs> and you know, and you're welcome to oh, by the way, and then lastly that I'd, I'd like to share before I hand it off to Simon. Uh, I've been at, since the lockdown, Simon has been holding a weekly virtual meditation. And man, you've been holding it strong since. And it's cool to feel that there's a crew uh, that that's, has sustained the the practice of meditation through your uh, through your experience. And thank you for the kind of uh, offering of clarity space that we get to channel within ourselves. And of course, we'll talk more about that. And uh, but yeah, more more from Simon. What would you like to share more about what what you're about, man? Well, I thought it would. I was thinking it might be fun to uh, start things with a little a little meditation together. What do you think about oh, that? You know what? I like this already. Y'all, check this out. What's going on, Simon? <laughs> All right. So we'll practice together. Yeah? Let's do it. All right. So just take a comfortable seat. You might gently close your eyes if it's comfortable. Settling in to the body. And just let the body rest in the sitting posture as it is. And let the mind rest in the knowing of the body sitting. sit and know that you're sitting.
not trying to get rid of any sensation in the body or create any sensation in the body or even look for any particular sensation in the body. Just becoming aware there is a body. And resting in that awareness. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and reconnect to the world around you. Yo. <laughs> the experience of this flesh capsule that allows for witnessing is what comes to mind. <laughs> Wow, thank you. And, you know, this is the kind of stuff that we've been doing every week. Simon even offered a, a, a five-minute, even 10-minute uh, daily uh, meditation challenge. And I, uh, I, I cataloged it on, on Instagram and uh, on the stories. And, you know, it was, it was interesting even receiving people's feedback on the thoughts that were coming to mind uh, from the meditations that we You've been practicing, right? And it feels like the mind likes to go everywhere so far ahead of itself and behind from itself. And one thing that I've been finding with the practice and practice, not just that one time you eat, it's like, it's kind of like eating. You eat every day. If you stop eating, it's kind of like your body starts to, it starts to, you know, <laughs> take the shape of, you know, starvation. Um, it feels that way with, when, whenever I don't recognize how I've let go of how far my mind is ahead of itself or behind of itself. And it allows it to just settle and just recognize to receive things for what they are. No, no, tr no, uh, like I'm not trying to make it something that it's not. And it, it allows for a peace to move from where it is, whatever the things that I'm thinking about. Is that weird? Is that a weird thought? <laughs> no, it's not weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you, uh, you interpreted the me trying to get you to practice every day. You, you interpreted it as you heard it as a, a challenge. <laughs> this like, Hey Ricky, why don't you meditate for 10 minutes a day? for the next week. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to practice every day, if at all possible, or just like nudge you along. Yeah. Same thing with everybody. 
<laughs> now I would say since then I have not been consistent, but whenever I catch those moments throughout the day, it's like, you know what? I feel like I'm, uh, there's a raised sense of paranoia. Like, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing? Wait, hold on. I can't, it's, it gives me the opportunity to recenter, recalibrate and move forward from whatever it is that was making me feel uh, not at ease, you know? So, you know, that I would say that was, that's been a takeaway uh, from the challenge that of course that you did not call. <laughs> I certainly called it. It's <laughs> uh, cool, man. Just do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, may we share some thoughts? May we explore some thoughts? I, I thought I, w- uh, well, let me kick off with this poem and I'm, I'm very curious what comes to your mind and shall we thread okay. from there? Shall we? Okay. Here we go. I wrote this on Tuesday, te- uh, the 10th of November, 11, 12 PM. and went like this. What willingness in behavior becomes enough indication to justify for a societal checkup. You know, just as does hunger or when the check engine sign lights up, check in with thy neighbor. Neighborhood of journeys, aren't we all? Treat how one would appreciate being treated. Witness the suddenly invited presence of order reflected as love and most especially peace. Inexperience. Honor the portal of flesh. What comes to mind, Simon? I just like that you're writing poetry. It's pretty cool, man. Like the beginning of the, the beginning of the lockdown, the beginning of the pandemic, when we started talking again and uh, yeah, just kind of hanging out, virtually hanging out. And I feel like that was the beginning. You were, you really hadn't written too much poetry and we had a couple conversations and yeah, you read some poems that I, I think I didn't think they were very good at the beginning, but, but was still just, it's cool. You know, it was just encouraging you just to keep going. And I mm. think that's how it is for everybody. Like you never, uh, anything that we want to do whenever we start doing it, we're not very good at the beginning, but you just keep going and you get better by better or you get better bit by bit. And, and it's cool. You have a good, good energy about that. Well, you know, since everything locked down, and by the way, that's that's how I found reconnected with Simon. I saw that you're posting, you know, you're promoting a virtual meditations. I was like, oh, that sounds great. Uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, take the time to meditate. You know, everything's locked down, and you know, as a teacher, they have us at home, so it's like, well, you know, every Friday at the time it was seven, so it's like, let's do it, right? And and I appreciate your feedback on. Looking, looking at these words from then and now, and you know, a lot of these words are just coming from being uh, just uh, allowing myself to recognize how confused 
and recognizing also everyone else's confusion of how things are unfolding and how sudden how suddenly you know our experience of reality is is at question <laughs> and it's such a to me it's it's such a a miracle uh recognition of how much we can have you know have virtual meditations through a virtual call it's a new space man it's like well how about it's okay we don't know what to do with it and just play <laughs> yeah 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 it was nice it's um yeah i i guess you know i just wanted to be able to share something that has really helped me quite tremendously in my life and yeah i feel like right now with everything that's going on in the in the world and the country um when i kind of contemplate what's going on and reflect on what i think needs to happen i i feel like one of the best things that i can do for myself is is work to stabilize and calm my own mind and then also just share that with other people you know i i feel like we there's a lot of divisiveness right now and in order to be able to bridge that divisiveness we need to be able to communicate with each other but the prerequisite to being able to communicate with words is being able to kind of lower the temperature on our emotions and um you know i i i think that in the western world in the united states in particular we're very rich when it comes to kind of material possessions but we're very poor when it comes to um kind of like immaterial wealth wealth that comes from psychological health i feel like very very few people um are even just aware that it's possible to train the mind just like it is train the body at the gym right everybody knows if you want to get stronger or you want to get bigger muscles or you want to be able to run faster or whatever you you go to the gym and you do whatever it is that you do there's a specific routine but when it comes to the mind um very few people realize that there's a lineage that's been around since the time of the buddha for the last 2500 years that presents all of these practices in a very uh kind of logical and stepwise manner that allow us to train the mind in 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 becoming more skillful we can we can um train the mind to be more stable and more still and then train in instilling wholesome qualities such as being kind and being compassionate and being patient being joyous and i feel like that's what we really need right now on an individual level is to be able to kind of accept responsibility for where we are right now and then do the work to kind of uh lower you know lower the temperature so that we can actually get along uh and then from that calm space we can then engage with the people that we disagree with 
or at the very least not add any more uh you know fuel to the fire like sometimes sometimes we'll speak with people and they might be quite obviously uh upset or angry or kind of activated but the quality of our own mind the is is going to be dependent on the work that we individually do and then that's really going to dictate how we receive the information that's coming from these other people so just because somebody is yelling at you or somebody is you know disagreeing with you or maybe somebody is attacking your character or they're saying something that's not very nice doesn't mean that you automatically need to respond in in similar kind with hate you know fighting hatred with hatred uh but most people do that because as i mentioned we don't really grow up being taught how to manage our emotions um which doesn't mean suppress our emotions it just means how to how to metabolize our emotional being in a way that's that leads that leads to well-being and you know that makes me think about how you know but how could there be such justification there could be such justification for such anger and and i think that's where the game begins right no matter how juicy the justification you know where it takes us ultimately whatever information uh it may be as true not or partial whatever the case may be you know what does it mean to to recognize the direction of where you know to the degree that we'll allow such information to bring certain things out of us that you know perhaps does not help the the clarification process of someone else's thoughts would you say um i'm not exactly sure what you're asking so me. i guess well i'm re- my brain is referencing uh I think about that one situation where I got some feedback, let's just say, that was not so pretty on Facebook recently. <laughs> and uh, essentially it was me, ra- I forgot, I don't even know what I was questioning. I was just raising question and, and I was placing my vulnerability of, I don't know what's going on. What does it mean for this? What does it mean for that? And what do you mean for that? And I guess I'm looking at these, um, like s- someone who was expressing conviction and my question to that and the response to my questioning was you clearly are this and that and you clearly you know you think this is a you know you think you think this is a hoax you're a homophobe and i'm like now i'm just thinking hi it's been a long time since we talked uh, i hope you're well uh how are you feeling I, I have not gotten a response but you know i think what what you what you said makes me think about that what comes to mind for you yeah yeah well, yeah, it's, it's kind of similar, you know, you don't necessarily, it's like, um, yeah, somebody says something that's not very nice. And then if you, if you meet that aggression with more aggression, then it just kind of like boils up. But if you meet that aggression with some amount of kindness and patience, then it, it kind of, it's like pulling the rug out from underneath the other person or, or 
maybe a better way to put it would be it, it sort of like sucks the energy out of the attack. Right. Um, and I don't know. I, I just generally believe that most people are good, mm. kind, reasonable people. And that, you know, we all get angry and everybody, everybody, everybody's going through something, you know, that's, that's, um, that's a really profound lesson for me to learn, uh, is, is just this. And it, and it's, it's sort of the bedrock of, of, of compassion of what leads to compassion, but just this sense that being alive as a human means that we are all going through some experience that is similar. We're all going to experience um, sickness from time to time. We're all going to experience getting old. We're all going to experience at some point dying and being um removed from everything that we love, everything that we know. And, you know, we all experience these ups and downs of life. Some people, you know, some people get a lot of praise. Some people get blame. Some people have wealth. Some people have very little wealth. Some people have health. Some people are sick. And it's just the way of life is that things are always up and down, up and down. And, you know, that's, that's the way reality is. The, it's like we the, landed the nature. through the flesh. Yeah. It's just like the, the nature of being alive as a human being really actually just the nature of, of all experience is that it's in constant, it's changing. Um, and so because of that, then we experience when things, when things do change, um, you know, if, if we have something that we like and then the conditions change so that the thing that we like is taken from us, we're going to suffer. Or the opposite is true that if we, if we get something that we don't like, then we're going to suffer. And, and so this, this is just a commonality that we all experience and contemplating that um, or just holding that view in mind leads to an attitude of compassion where where instead of viewing other people as an enemy then we begin to view the other person that's we view them as as similar to uh, to us you know we, we the, the mind is consciously seeing the ways that we're similar instead of the ways that we're dissimilar. And so it leads to an attitude that's softer um, in the way that we speak or, or act to each other. And I, I, like I was saying, just to kind of like wrap it all around, bring it back. I think that most people, most reasonable people are kind people. And that if you can kind of lead by example, if somebody, you know, you, if somebody kind of throws some shade your way and then you come back with kindness or some care about them or patience, 
then it's it's kind of like trips the wire in your brain you know i think that i think most people are like oh yeah wait i don't want this is this is my friend ricky you know i don't want to be mean mm. to ricky i'm just going to be a nice person and then and then they and then it kind of like snaps them back into this way of being kind i have so much respect for uh people when when they when there's a recognition uh, of that kind of momentum of like, well, you must be one of, whoa, 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 hey, hey, uh, actually, I just don't know what's going on. It seems like there's there's a knowing, there is a knowing of whatever is going on. Can you help me understand? Because I recognize I'm in a weird spot where I see a lot of views from certain, from, you know, right side, left side. So I'm like, and there's a lot of conviction and there's, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be a journalist. I'm not going to pretend I'm a, you know, uh, you know, someone that is from oh, study political science. So it's, and I, I know there's people who have done that. And all that does to me is just makes me just painfully curious to just ask questions. And uh, I've even been asked, uh, Ricky Ray, what's uh, what's your agenda? I'm like, honestly, uh, I'd, if we're going to go with agenda, I think of to raise question, you know, uh, it seems like there's knowing and what comes to mind when I ask this question is really what I'm interested in. Uh, so I don't know really what that means to people, but I would describe it like that. <laughs> but, you know, before I ask you for your feedback on, on I guess the 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 reflection of such conversations on on the infamous Facebook. Uh, I want to ask you about you know how, what was what was uh, that moment like when Simon was like you know what there's a shift that needs to occur uh, from how I've been allowing myself to boil to the point of a practice into uh, catching such eruptions from within. Uh, but before I get to that. I'm curious, what's it, what comes to mind from what you've seen on, you know, just on Facebook, how how the reflection of conversations on Facebook? I mean, I, I think they're, they're generally quite toxic. <laughs> you know, they just are. Mm-hmm. As I was mentioning earlier, you know, when we when we view the similarities between people, then that view tends to, it, it leads to thoughts in the mind of, of kindness and compassion and generosity. And then th- those thoughts lead to um, manifestations of those thoughts. So we speak with kindness, we act with kindness. Um, but when we're typing on the computer, if you are not being particularly um, diligent of the quality of your mind, or I guess another way to say that is if you're not being particularly diligent of like the mood that you're experiencing through which you're typing, then, then what's going to happen is simply the habit patterns with which you've lived your whole life are what's going to be expressed. And it's really easy when you're, you know, when you're, when you're responding to somebody on social media, the nature of the medium is that you're not talking to somebody face to face. It's kind of just like, I mean, you know, intellectually that 
it's this person that you know wrote this thing, but you're just reading these words and it's kind of divorced from the fact that somebody that you know wrote them and the person that is going to read your comment is a person that has feelings, you know, and is just like a human being. And so, yeah, I think, I think the nature of the medium is that it, it, it's really good at kind of instigating fear and instigating uh, anger, aggression, divisiveness. And it takes quite a bit of energy to kind of go against the stream, so to speak. And, you know, speaking on uh, the recognition of, you know, a stream, what was, what was, take me to Simon when, you know, that, those kinds of, you know, that reflection of what you just described within yourself was being recognized as something as a, that needs to perhaps uh, a, a red, a reconditioning uh, into what, you know, who Simon is today, especially with the practice that, uh, how the practice has led you to today? Um, are you asking me how I got into meditation? That's another, that, you know what? That's why, that's why I invited you, man. Because by the way, a little fun I'm fact about to, me. I, didn't really un- <laughs> I just didn't understand what you were asking me. And, you know, and I appreciate that. Uh, I say this, let me, let me share this with y'all. Uh, so after the meditations, you know, yeah, I appreciate this. Simon makes welcomes the space. If anyone has any thoughts to share that came that came to them, you know, you know, you're welcome to share, and you know, people share, and and I, of course, I I can't help it. I'm like, <laughs> and you know, I I tell Simon like, hey, just so you know, you are welcome to rein me in with my thoughts. I I recognize that my thoughts are like a runaway train, and so whenever it keeps going like that. I appreciate the Simon uh, captures. Okay. What are you trying to say? Are you just trying to say this? Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. And it just flows out of me like that. I'm trying to get better about it. So here we are. Thank you, Simon, for clarifying my question. <laughs> How'd yeah, you get into you meditation? The, I think you have the, um, you have the important part, right? Which is like, you have the, uh, the curiosity and kind of like the energy behind what you're trying to communicate. Yeah. It's like when you're, you know, we both, we both play music. We, that's how we met each other playing jazz. Right. And it's like, you listen to somebody and you're trying to, you're trying to get into learning how to play like John Coltrane or learning how to play like Charlie Parker or whatever. And you definitely, you know, you have to learn like the notes, you have to learn kind of the fundamental things of what it is that they're actually playing. But really the more important part is learning kind of like the energy behind what they're doing, how they're actually making music. Is it, is it intense? Is it, is it not, you know, it's, it's more of a kind of like an ephemeral uh, thing rather than just like they play this note and then this note, right? Cause you can play right. the exact same notes as somebody, but you're not necessarily going to sound like them unless you really kind of go into the nitpicky aspects of the way that they sound and the way that they play everything and, Mm-hmm. all of those things. So it's I feel like disc- that's how, that's how it is with you, you know, and your podcast and your, and your poems and everything that you do. And even just when we speak, when we hang out, when we talk on the phone or talk after the meditations that mm-hmm. you have a really, you have, a, you're just curious and you have a good energy, which I appreciate a lot and you're positive and 
upbeat and, you know, you're trying to, trying to do your thing. And, and then, but I, but you're still working on the, like the honing aspect of like, yeah. how do I, of, how, how do, do I, I get what's going on in here into how do I actually express it in the way that conveys to another person exactly what I want them to, to hear, which is and cool. You know, it's like yeah. you're going through the process and you're fearless in a way, you know, you're just going for it. And I admire that about you because I think a lot of people, myself included, just, you know, sometimes think about like, Oh, it would be cool to do this thing. But then we stop ourselves from doing it because we get worried about what other people are going to think about us, you know, when we, in the early stages, cause we're, we're not going to be good. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. the way it goes as we, as we talked about at the beginning. Buddha raw. That's what it comes out as. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's a, uh, I recognize that, you know, there's, there's, there's these waves that come out of me that are just like, what the heck? And you know, people tell me that it's like, Hey, that was whatever that was. However you landed it. Yes. More of that. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that's why I figured I would just ride every day just to, to capture a, a sort of, you know, a refinement of aligning what I'm trying to like, what I think and the tongue alignment to get it to become a statement. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so how did you how did you start meditating? How did that open up? What was that shift like for you, especially well, into I guess, today? Yeah, I guess I first got into meditation back when I was still playing jazz, because I was I kind of found myself in this space where I felt like music was feeling stale and kind of mechanical I was more kind of focused on like technique and the mechanical side of things and there wasn't as much kind of energy kind of coming behind it because I was too worried about getting things right and so I I first started meditating in that context I think the book that I read is called Effortless Mastery by Kenny Werner Kenny Werner y'all that's such a great book that's such a great book, important book. And so I just started kind of applying. Can we talk a little bit real quick about like, what would you say are highlights of that book? Any musician, any artist that's seeking a sort of, uh, you know, something that is viewed as that's, that's an impossible task. How could someone play so fast? And, and the way the person that does it view, views that act is as effortless and which is why we're in awe because it's like that's effortless however they're doing and to me it seems as though it would be effortful uh well how would you unpack a little bit of some highlights of that book great book yeah well i only it was a long time ago when i read that mm. book but all i really remember i guess like the two big takeaways or kind of the main takeaway was this and this is sort of the the meditative aspect to it, which was, mm. which was kind of a lot of times, I think a lot of people, musicians do this, but I was definitely doing this where it's like I would play and then I would judge myself based on that last performance, right? So if, if I thought in my subjective kind of sense of the way things should go, that I more or less 
met my standard of excellence, then I would feel good about myself. But if I didn't meet that standard, then I would feel bad about myself. And And so it was, it was very much, yeah, it was very much like my, my self-worth and the way that I felt about myself was tied into this thing that I was doing and that was not healthy. And so the thing that I got from this book was very much this, this aspect of like playing and just trying to do the best that I can when I play and then letting go of it, like putting it out into the universe. And then when it's out there then just letting it go and not obsessing over it too much. Mm. And so this aspect of just kind of like trying to, it's essentially it's, you know, now when I view it through the lens that I have of doing, doing much more, more kind of like formal Buddhist meditation, it's, it's a set that what I was doing or what I got from that book was this aspect of just coming back, just coming back to being here, not getting lost in my thoughts, not getting caught up in, you know, obsessing over what I just did, how I just played, I just let it go. And then, and then I'm available again. Um, Mm -hmm. But then the other thing that I got from that book was this aspect of, I think if I remember correctly, he talks about this story of this piano player that was a really accomplished piano player. And then kind of got to this point in his life where he didn't want to play anymore. And was having a really hard, I don't remember if he got injured or just didn't want to play anymore, but he was having a really hard time kind of getting, getting things going again. My, what I remember and at least how I related to it at the time was like, I kind of remember my life at that time was I, I had this internal kind of monologue of expectations that I needed to meet on a daily basis in order to be a good musician. So I needed to practice for however many hours or whatever it was a day. And again, like if I didn't do that, then I didn't feel good about myself. But the problem with that is it's like, that, what are you doing, man? Yeah. And, but the problem with that is that first of all, when you set the expectations really high and you don't meet them, or I should say it like this, when you set the expectations really high, you make it harder for yourself to meet those expectations. And then when you inevitably don't meet those expectations, then you're gonna you're gonna speak unkindly to yourself. You know, you're you're just gonna be like, what are you doing? You're a failure. Why are you not doing this thing? You told yourself you would do it. You need to get, you know, you need to work harder, you need to be better. All of that is 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 a dialogue with, yeah, it's just an, it's just a dialogue that has an attitude of hatred. And what we really need is we need to learn how to speak to ourselves with kindness. And so the way that you do that, at least what I took from this book is you set the bar really low. So instead of setting the bar really high, you set the bar really low. And so you just say, I'm just going to practice for five minutes today. That's it. And I'm going to go in and I'm just going to, you know, or whatever it it is, whatever that, 
Exactly. And I'm going to make, and I'm, and the, the focus of it is I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to have a good time. I'm really going to be there. Mm-hmm. And then you hold yourself to just doing five or 10 minutes every day for a significant period of time. And then you slowly ratchet it up. But what you're focusing on is not the amount of time that you're practicing, but you're focusing on the attitude that you bring to the practice. Like if it's not fun, then there's no point in doing it. You know, you should, you should, your time would be better spent doing something else. And so that was, that's also a meditative aspect. And that's something that I, um, that I took from that book, like becoming aware of the attitude that you're speaking to yourself with. Would you say that it kind of falls along the lines of the formula, reap what you sow? It's like in that moment of how we're going to talk to ourselves, that attitude is the sowing. And however we sow it, whatever comes, uh, whatever it is that we put into that fabric of time, uh, we shall reap. So what comes to mind for me whenever I've, I've done that to myself where I'm unkind to myself and I see it reflect along the days. As opposed to now when I catch it, it's like, I don't have to, as as much as I can justify why I should be mean to myself, you know, ultimately it's like, you know, I'm trying to figure things out and I can allow myself grace and I can sow that into time. And now I'm not in my way uh, as a self-hindrance. Would you say that's along the lines of what you're talking about? Yeah, but for me, it wasn't something that came naturally for me to be able to do that. And it oh, for sure. it, it, it pretty quickly kind of, you know, so that introduction to like aspects of meditation through effortless mastery was the first step. But then there were many years but after that before I really kind of started practicing more diligently. I, and like that, the book Effortless Mastery, it, it draws on those topics, but it's, it's not like directly, it doesn't go directly to the heart of of learning how to meditate and even that word yeah. in general med- meditation is like using the word meditation is is like using the word sports so it doesn't <laughs> you know like are we talking about football or are we talking about fencing or are we talking about soccer or rugby right so like it doesn't really mean anything it just kind of gets you in the general ballpark and the same thing is true of meditation there's different types of meditation from different traditions and what I've gravitated to has been Buddhism and the meditate, the meditative practices from that tradition, um, specifically from Theravadan Buddhism. There's different schools of Buddhism. Theravada. Yeah. Theravada Buddhism is like the oldest school of Buddhism that, um, it's the oldest and like the first school of Buddhism that generally, draws more stri- it, it 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 more strictly follows 
the the practice and the way of life that was established by the Buddha 2,500 years ago. 2,500. So yeah. yeah, I'm not a monastic, but the the monastic community. The Buddha is a monastic, and and, What's a monastic? and so he kind of like a monk, a monk okay. or a nun, and so okay, he, okay. he he was a monk, and he he put forth. Um, the people that followed the Buddha were monks and, and nuns. And it's like he figured he, out a pattern. Yeah, he like came up with all of these rules for monks and nuns called the the Vinaya, and then those rules are very strictly followed in the Theravadan Buddhist tradition. And then like after Theravadan, yeah, like after that evolved through time into what's known as the Mahayana tradition. So that's where you get like Zen Buddhism. Um, and then a derivation of Mahayana is the third school, but it's, it's not a separate school. It's just a derivation of Mahayana is Vajrayana Buddhism. And that's more like Tibetan Buddhism, like the Dalai Lama. Uh, and, and so they, they, each one of those, Waves. Buddhism started in India and then kind of like expanded outwards. And so certain countries have their own kind of flavor, essentially. Right, yeah. right. It's like, um, you know, it's like what they say about food. You know, you could call it, you know, you know, uh, you can call burrito something and it's like it shows up in different places in a very different light. Of course, total. That's the only thing I could latch on to. Is like, what's real? What's something that I can immediately find a parallel? Burritos, yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's interesting, man. Right. You know, I, you know, I, I got a, you know, full disclosure. You know, that's exactly how I viewed meditation. It's like, oh, you close your eyes and you watch your thoughts, and but yeah. you know, there's certainly, I mean, that's part of it. I mean, you know, what sports? You know, getting, you know, getting physical. You know, there usually is an objective to the to the the physical uh, and and engaging yourself through it. Okay, but with sport, right? And that's how I viewed it. And you know, and especially as you're unpacking uh, that, there's been schools of, I guess, approach, and uh, and of course how they've developed into different uh, in, across different regions uh, and time, right? And, you know, I guess there's different kinds of practices that have unfolded then that now yeah. are, you know, that we can actually have access to with what has been found thousands of years, of years ago. That's just hearing that alone makes me think about how old is the Internet, <laughs> you know, especially with how much it reveals of our, you know, the the reality of our our how we handle our thoughts and, and you know what, you know, I, I think I've shared this thought with you, the way I view the internet, I wonder how much of what's been happening, you know, culturally, so, uh, you know, socially, especially in civil discourse, we're watching a, a social media go through its puberty. And you, we all know through the flesh physically, when you know when our bodies reach puberty, it's all over the place, <laughs> and then of course it reaches maturation, and there's a a honing of understanding of the flesh vehicle. I wonder how much of that is also uh, exists in the in in a sort of invisible realm that we just plainly 
you know, oh, whatever. It's just, it's just social media. It's just Facebook, whatever. You know, it's just, it's just the internet. Ha. Whoa. What if it's not just that? And, you know, and then here, here's a practice where there's thousands of years worth of study. Like, yeah, how about we, you know, we find it within ourselves to, to recognize uh, such untamed uh, momentums of emotions. Is that a worth that? Um. <laughs> I mean, certainly it is. I would say what comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really think about it too much. I, I just try to interface with the internet in a way that, I don't know, doesn't lead to me suffering or being unhappy. Mm. But, but especially now it's difficult because of the pandemic and, you know, a lot of people are not kind of like engaging face to face. So we have to engage via the internet, you know? And mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's more challenging, but um, yeah. What do you think comes to, what comes to mind for you uh, of, you know, of such topics, especially, you know, this, I think I'm paraphrasing what you're saying that uh, this era of time where everyone's, you know, because of the pandemic, everyone's at home and there's a lot of confusion. There's, there's a lot of uh, uh, polarity in, in not only information reception, but especially uh, conversational uh, engagement. Uh, what, what comes to mind for you that could help, you know, if we're, if anyone listening here, uh, reaches to this point, by the way, uh, if I may offer this question to Simon and what, whatever comes to your mind, you're welcome to <laughs> share it below here. You know, what do you think can help an individual right now a rec better recognize such, uh, such polls from all kinds of angles that uh, the internet is, it, well, social media is certainly making its presence of. Yeah, well, like I said, I think just, just having the awareness that it's possible to train the mind is in and of itself already kind of like a paradigm shifting uh, thought to have for a lot of people, you know, like I said, because we, we grow up in this culture where it's all outer based. And um, a lot of times people that have emotional challenges, they don't really know what to do. And then the options that have come from the Western kind of model are quite limited, like go to therapy, those kinds of things. And even then that doesn't necessarily, it's not that it's not helpful. It is helpful, but it's only helpful in a certain way because, you know, like a lot of people don't have a way to, or they don't have a, an opportunity to express their thoughts to someone that is going to listen to them, hopefully, ideally, in a non-judgmental way. And 
it's, it can be healing just that alone. Like just having a relationship where you can tell somebody anything and they're not going to judge you for it or they're not going to hate you, you know, or they're not going to whatever, they're not going to shame you. They're just going to listen to you. That in and of itself it is already healing. But the problem with that is that it doesn't, you're not just like sharing what's on your mind and talking about what's going on doesn't change anything. It doesn't, you're not refining or learning anything about the habit patterns of your mind. And so you're just going to keep kind of like replaying the same things over and over again. Um, so yeah, like I said, I think just like having that awareness is the very base awareness that it's po it's actually possible to train the mind. It, it's not, you know, we, we, we think oftentimes we know that it is possible in certain ways. Like we know that if you want to become an architect, right or you want to become an engineer, like you can go to school and you can learn how to do that where you didn't know how to do that prior to going to school. So we have the awareness that you can input information into your brain and learn how to do things, but we, but we don't often have the recognition or the awareness that it's possible to change the, like the soft skills of the mind. Like I said, like it's possible for you to become a kinder person. You can train yourself to be more kind. You can train the mind to be more attentive and to be more stable, right? You can train the mind to be more compassionate or more patient. You can actually train yourself to do those things just as you would train the body to work out uh, you know, to get stronger. And yeah, I, I, I think that um, you asked me what something would be kind of like, I don't know, like practical that people can use. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I think that like I said, just knowing that it is possible, there is something to do about it. Like you're not, you're not doomed to the fate of the way you are right now. You can be nicer, right? You can be more generous. And it's not just a wish of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wish to be a different person tomorrow there's there's a lineage and traditions that you can learn about and you can apply in your life you can create a practice around them for whatever that is five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day or maybe more you know start kind of on the lower side at the beginning and you can really kind of systematically train yourself to improve your life um and at least be happier right and to me that's what matters to me is is just being happy that's the most important thing so it's the 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 good news that you know if we feel like we're chained to such harshness to ourselves that that the option to 
to train out of that we're as equal perhaps if we're if we are in a momentous momentum of constantly being harsh on ourselves that there's an equal reality of ourselves being a lot kinder to ourselves therefore allowing those potentials that would perhaps would even be more desirable of the things that we want out of ourselves would you say along those lines yeah but i don't know if it's necessarily kind of like a parallel reality that you just flip the mind and then all of a sudden you plug into it's it really is this like training it is like you are where you are and right now and you have there's certain habit energies based on your past that are coming forward yeah okay when you're when you're in a certain environment right if there's no so the the main practice that we do together is mindfulness and we can go into if you want sure, <laughs> now or another out. time like what that actually means but but the main practice of mindfulness is at least at the beginning we are practicing coming back to some object of meditation oftentimes it's the body or the breath and you know we we think that we're present right most people if you just go up to somebody and you say hey are you present like are are you do you live your life really present they'll say yeah yeah i do of course right but then if you actually sit down and you give yourself the task of just sitting and closing your eyes and then paying attention to the sensations of the body breathing, if you give yourself that task, then very quickly, you're going to realize that that is nearly impossible to do, that you will be aware of the breath for a split second. And then all of a sudden you wake up five minutes later, 10 minutes later, whatever it is, and you realize oh, I'm thinking about what I have to do tomorrow, or I'm thinking about the laundry that I did earlier, or, you know, what I'm going to eat for dinner or whatever. And it is this kind of like amnesia. We just sort of end up there. And so this thing, we have this assumption that we, we have this assumption that we live our life and we're present for the majority of our life. But when we actually test it if it's true by giving ourselves this very simple task of just sit if you're present then you should be able to sit down for 10 minutes and know the sensations of your breath in an unbroken manner where you're not thinking about anything else you're just knowing the body breathing and it's nearly impossible if you can do that then give me a call because <laughs> I, because i want to talk to you, <laughs> you know, and, and, and so it's so the reality is, is that we, we live our life where we're lost in these alternate realities. We're lost in our minds. We're generating streams of thought. And we're so lost that we're unaware that we're lost. Yeah. So we're just living in these thought loops. The body is here, right? Like right now, like I'm sitting here you're sitting there, anybody that's listening, 
there's a body, right? Like be in your body, feel that there's a body. But probably just a second before, the mind is, the body was there. It hasn't changed, but the mind was not in the body, right? You're thinking about something else. And then the mind comes back into the body and you're, and now you're here. It's, you're just kind of like dropping whatever, whatever thought stream was going on. You're just letting it go. And so that's the main practice is that we are, we're sitting and we're training the mind to wake up, to wake up into realizing, oh, I'm thinking I'm lost in thought. Now I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to come back to, yeah, yeah, I'm going to come back to the, to knowing the body breathing and then get lost again. Yeah. And it, and it, and that's it. It's just, you're going through this loop of like being there and then getting lost and then waking up and then coming back and then you're there and then you get lost. And, and that's what we're training. We're training this loop. And, um, you know, the, the implications of that are that like in this lost period, we don't, it's not like you're aware of the breath and then you see the mind moving and then getting lost and then you're over here that's not the way it is it's like you're here and then you're here here, and you wake up and you have no idea what got there how you got there and the implications of that is like we live the majority of our life in this space Mm. where we're so lost and we're not even aware that we're lost and reacting so we look yeah exactly and and exactly and so we're literally it's literally like, like a terrorist. You are literally being held hostage in that time. And the tendency of the, the habit patterns in your mind will dictate the way that you feel. So when, when you're lost in these thought streams, if the thought streams tend towards thoughts of self-deprecation and you're thinking about the things that you've done poorly in the past and you're thinking about how you're a bad person or you know how the world is you know not a good place or whatever you're going to be depressed like de- depression is a natural it's a natural result of thoughts of of self-cruelty natural and indication yeah yeah and similarly if the if the thoughts in that time when you're lost are about the future and how things are, are going to go wrong and it's never going to be okay. And, you know, you're going to have to do this thing that you hate and you're not, there's no way to get around it. And you're, you know, you're not going to have enough money or whatever the deal is, then you're going to have anxiety. Right. And so there's no, th- this is not, you don't just have anxiety. You don't just have depression. It's, it's not, an indication. Well, I mean, it's not, your brain is not broken. It's not a chemical thing that's going on. Uh, it's not like solely a chemical thing. There's a process that's leading to the result of being depressed or being anxious. And that's what we're trying to illuminate. We're trying to, we're trying to train the mind to, to, to wake up and to come back. And the more you do that, then the more the mind begins to rest in this stable zone. And now there's awareness with what it is that you're going on uh, with what's going on in your life. And you can actually begin to utilize that awareness kind of like a spotlight 
you can shine it on certain areas of your of your mind and you can see oh you know i i'm doing this interview with ricky or we're having this conversation and you know i feel kind of i feel kind of nervous or i i'm having a thought about like what if i say the wrong thing or what if i look stupid or whatever the deal is and then right and so that's all kind of was going on in the mid in, in 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 my mind at the beginning of the conversation and i was mm. feeling nervous because of it but then i just become aware of that okay the mind wakes up i realize okay this is the content of my thoughts right now are like this and then i just relax i come back to the body let go of those thoughts and then there's like mm. residual sensations in the body but they're not you're you're cutting off the thought stream and so it's it's not kind of uh, perpetuating any further at that moment, mm-hmm. and and the result is just like you're just here, you're here, and you're able to experience more well-being. And and the the practice, the implications of the practice go much deeper and much more. Um, they're yeah, they're just much deeper, kind of eventually, but. At the beginning, that's what we're doing is we're training this capacity for the mind to to be more stable. Yeah. And I think that that loop, you know, once it's extended, it it makes room for other thoughts that are waiting to be recognized that perhaps have been living in the unknown of, you know, trying to recognize it. And because that muscle is is stretched, uh, that that loop, the interval uh, allows for that recognition to be, oh, that's where I'm coming from. It's it's not that I'm being emotional. It's that there's something that was making me, that was there's a, there's a specific what that I can now spotlight on. And now it informs me uh, and I recognize now how that was causing such anxiety and I can now relieve it. It's like, hey, you're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's also similar to why, you know, like you might be working on something or trying to solve some problem or thinking about something and, you know, you're, you're, you don't really, it's not working, right? It's not like you're not getting it. And then you go for a walk or you take a shower and then all of a sudden it like comes to you, right? Yeah. When you're in the shower. And it's, it's kind of like similar in a way because the, when you're taking a shower, right, you're like, you're feeling your body, you're in the body. So the, 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 the activity of the mind that was just going on when you're trying to like solve that problem or trying to like think through that challenge that's going on in your life, when you step away from it and you go for a walk, a lot of times the, 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 the thought or the solution just emerges from the, the stillness because you've kind of removed yourself from it. And, that's essentially what we're doing with a mindfulness practice. You're just not taking it, you know, you're not like physically taking a shower, but you're, you're training the mind to, to, to rest in that space where you're just here you're just present in the body doing whatever it is that you're doing. If you're washing your hands, you're aware, okay, I'm washing my hands, right? If you're taking a shower, you're aware of taking a shower. If you're sitting, you're sitting and you're knowing that you're sitting. There's no added commentary 
on top of whatever it is that you're doing. You're just doing whatever you're doing and knowing that you're doing it. And, and, and that allows for, so what am I, why am I reacting the way I am? And it's, it raises that like, is it coming from me or is it coming from an external, external source? And, and it raises now the opportunity. What do I want to say? What do I want to think? Uh, can I recognize like for me, where a lot of that has uh, been leading to uh, for me is, Oh, I actually don't know. Hey, you know, I'm okay with acknowledging that I have my perspectives that only raise further questions. And, and, and I notice that there's others that have various other perspectives from all kinds of angles and it raises even further questions. And it, to me, it just tells me that's where I'm at. It just raises questions. Mm -hmm. And I guess let's play like that. I guess, I don't know. That's just <laughs> what comes to mind for me, Simon, before we conclude, before I ask you this last question, Where can people find you? And before you share that, if you've reached all the way to this video, you are invited to tap on that red button. You're going to see a little bell pop up and you're going to be like, well, let me touch that bell. Hit the one that's shaded. That's the one that you're invited to touch. Every time something comes up, you'll get pinged that, hey, there's another curious thought exploration. Yes, that's how you can find out. And should you feel inclined To like, there's a button that looks like that. Smack it all over the place. Just don't destroy the screen. <laughs> Just destroy the the greenness into blue. Is that a weird way to explain? Touch the like button. Okay, yes, it is. Simon, what yes. what what helps you? What helps you find a sort of allowance to detach from various in the from like perhaps a charged perspective that you may recognize within yourself and a willingness to detach from something that may seem certain. And, and perhaps you may, you're also welcome to frame it as, as an offering to someone that, uh, that can help them recognize, you know what, am I being too charged with the things that I think, you know, is, are these really my thoughts? Uh, I'll leave it like that. What comes to mind for you, Simon? <laughs> well I don't know about the question are these really my thoughts they're probably not I don't really know if we have too many unique thoughts most of our thoughts are other people's thoughts right or the thoughts um, you might notice sometimes you say something and it's like you're recognizing your mother speak or your father speak through you in some in some way mm. um But yeah, just especially towards peace. <laughs> okay, I was thinking more the opposite. Ooh, go go go! It it, it it generally that like a lot of times the way that we respond to things, we just we're just taught that way. It's just. It's just the way that it is because the way that we were raised, it's not necessarily something that we've put in any amount of kind of conscious effort to necessarily shape. And so in that way, it's, it's not really our own thought. Um, but yeah, just, you know, 
dealing with dealing with the charge of being uncomfortable, getting getting along with people, being able to communicate. Um, I, I think that if you're able to recognize first that you are in fact kind of activated or charged or triggered or whatever the word is that you want to use, that that's a good space to start because most people don't actually recognize that. They just, it's just, it's kind of like a fish in water, you know? So if you actually can recognize that, that's a good place to start. And then the next thing to do is probably to remove yourself from that situation and then to give the mind time to relax. It could be as something, something as simple as going for a walk out in nature and not listening to anything, you know, I mean, like not listening to a podcast or listening to any music, just going for a walk and feeling the sensations of the body. But in particular for me, this is where meditation has been very important and powerful and probably like the most important aspect of my life for the last handful of years. And I try to get you and I try to get everybody that we, you know, have been meeting with every, every week, trying to nudge everybody along to, to starting to meditate more or possibly meditating for a few minutes every day or whatever it is that they're able to do because this practice is what allows you to be able to let go of that charge. And I wouldn't, maybe not let go, that's not the best word, but metabolize, I would say is a better word where you're developing this skill of the mind is becoming stable, but then it develops into a tool that you can use to actively soothe the mind. You know, so you just, you can relax, you can recognize, oh, I'm really heated right now. I'm really overheated. I need to relax. And so I can sit. It's really empowering to be able to know that you can sit for a minute or five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever the deal is. And you can actively calm the mind and you can let the, you can let the activated energy of the mind and body, you can let that be metabolized and it will pass and then you're back to this state of being centered. And then once you're back in that centered state, if you choose to, you can re-engage with whatever it is that you're doing. The ideal place to get to is to be able, you know, when, you, when, you, when you've practiced a lot and you've been practicing for days and weeks and months and years, then this whole process happens much more quickly. So you're able to kind of right in the moment when you're feeling charged, right in that moment, you're able to just kind of, as things come in, you can just let them go, right? So they're not, they're not sticking around. So you're, because it just goes in one ear kind of and out the other, or like the charge comes in and then the charge is let go of immediately, then you're able to respond immediately in the situation. 
But at the beginning of the practice in the early days for a long time, you know, months, uh, it takes, it takes time to build up the power of the mind to be aware. And so oftentimes you're not able to, you're not able to engage in a conversation that's particularly heated and respond skillfully at the same time because people are throwing daggers at you. They're shooting arrows at you and you're going to get activated and it's going to take a little while to let go of that charge. So it's, it's skillful to kind of like remove yourself from the conversation, use a tool to relax, calm the breathing, come back to the breathing, come back to the body, right? Let the anger or whatever it was that was going on, let that kind of diminish and eventually it will pass away. And then you can re-engage from a place of being centered if you choose. Does that make sense? It gives you the, it's like a tool that that you can latch on to that takes you to a space where, you know, where we want to go to instead of allowing that charge to over, uh, overtake us along those lines. Yeah. And it just, you know, the way that it fits in, the way that this practice kind of fits in like a puzzle piece into the totality of what it means to live a good life is that we're all wanting to be happy, but we don't really know what that actually means. So right now it's like we're walking into a room and the room is pitch black and somewhere in that room, there's a target that is the happiness target. But because the room is pitch black, we have no idea where it is. We can't see it. So we're, if, if we go through our whole life that way, then we don't have a reliable way to be happy. We don't really know what leads to happiness. And so we do certain things in our life that are going to lead to certain wholesome behaviors that are going to lead to happiness, but we're also gonna do certain unwholesome behaviors that are gonna to lead to suffering because we don't, we don't have, we can't discern between these two camps because there's no awareness. There's no, there's no present black. moment awareness. Yes, exactly, where it's dark. And so the way that mindfulness kind of slots in to the overall perspective of what it means to live a good, life is that we're developing this stability of mind and then the stability is a prerequisite for clarity right so we have we have the stability and then with that stability we can begin to examine our behaviors we can begin to examine the patterns of actions speech thoughts and we can actually begin to discern which which patterns of action, speech, and thought lead to happiness mm. and which ones lead to suffering. And then the ones that lead to happiness, we do more of those. And the ones that lead to suffering, we do less of those. 
And so the, you know, the, right now we're kind of in this situation where we're doing a lot of things that are leading to unhappiness and we do very little things that lead to happiness. And more importantly, we can't discern between the two. We don't really know because we're just lost in our mind all the time. So the first step is we get kind of unlost. We get a little more stability and we're able to discern, okay, like this is the category, right? So like now we're turning the dimmer switch up in the light and we're able to see a little bit better. And then we begin to see more clearly. And then we see clearly enough to now we begin to like switch the two things where we're doing more of this category and less of this category until ultimately we're doing none of this category and we're doing all of this category. Does that make sense? And what comes to mind is the element of how much, you know, all it takes is just a little bit of light to recognize ah, that's where it is. Uh, that the the time it takes for that to happen, the oh, that's where it is, uh, in the spectrum of a societal. Oh, that's where that is. I wonder. Uh, it varies per each uh, every in, uh, every individual recognition of such a dimming of a raising of the the light and the recognition of ah, that's where that's where it is. I thought it was this way. That was actually that was actually invigorating me, and that's going to lead me towards uh, things that offer uh, away from the invigoration and towards the the feeling good, the happiness, the a fulfillingness, a a a clarity towards one's desires. Simon, where can we find you, man? What, where can we see your thoughts? And I appreciate that you post your thoughts as well. Uh, where can we find you on Instagram? Um, well, I guess I don't really, I don't really have a, uh, a good way to find me. I mean, I have an Instagram, but I don't really post on it a whole lot. Um, and I don't know, I, I haven't really been, um, you know, we're friends on Facebook. And so I've been offering those guided meditations every Friday since the beginning of March, pretty much. And okay. so I'd say that if, if somebody, uh, if somebody knows you and they happen to make it to this far in, in the podcast, they listen to it that, um, by the way, y'all are awesome, especially dealing with my, what the heck is this guy talking about? I mind, I know I'm all over the place and I want full <laughs> disclosure. That's why I'm doing this because I know there are some spots where I'm like, oh, that was okay. That's, I said exactly what I said. And what the heck did I just say? And, uh, you know, in college, they made fun of me. There's there, they showed me, we're talking about in current trends in elementary music, that there's four kinds of learners. There's the, the, the oral learner that they could just hear it and they got it, the visual kinesthetic, and then the process out loud. And everyone just turned and looked at me and said, uh, Ricky Ray. I'm like, uh, are you saying that what process out loud means is to like, you, you understand along the way as you're explaining, like exactly what you just did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly me. So that's if you gotten this far, you're awesome, <laughs> but how can yeah. we find you brother? Well, yeah. So I was saying, um, people that are, you know, if they make it this far, they probably know you. And so, uh, can just reach out to you and everyone's welcome to join. It's an open invite on Fridays at 4 PM Pacific time. Mm-hmm. And we sit for about what, 15, 20 minutes. And then there's just a little bit of time 
afterwards, sometimes, sometimes people have a little question or two about the practice or somebody feels inspired to say something. And so, um, you don't need to have any meditation experience in order to join. It's a guided practice that I guide that's similar to what we did at the beginning of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, um, I guess I need to get on that. Huh? I need to, I need to, I need to start putting together ways for people to find me. I've on, I've honestly, I've just been like, it's, an, it's it a was, virtual world that we're all well, exploring together. Yeah. But what I was going to say is that it, it just really was, I, I guess I just kind of like found myself in this position where there was a lot of suffering going on around me and suffering in the world because of the pandemic. And I felt like I had a tool that had helped me significantly in my life that most people don't know about and that I was in a position in just even a small way to be able to help a couple of people, you know? And so we had, it's not like we've been having hundreds of people show up every week. It's, it's been a pretty intimate group. Well, watch out now. It's it's on, been, this is on YouTube now, so <laughs> you never know now. Yeah. But it's been beneficial, I'd say for, it's certainly been beneficial for me. And I, I think it's been beneficial for everyone else. I guess you can speak for yourself, but. It's um, certainly been be- yeah, beneficial it, for me. I can say that for, yeah, I just, uh, I just, I just, very happily. I just started doing it kind of as a little labor of love at the beginning. I, I wasn't really marketing myself as a meditation teacher or anything. I, I more think of it as just, like I said, as this is something that I've been particularly passionate about for many years now. And I feel like there's a need for it. And so I've been trying to share to help people because I want everyone to be happy. So I'd say that if anyone has a, (laughs) just to wrap it up, that if anyone wants to join, they should get in touch with you and you can point them in the right direction. And then I'm sure uh, when your podcast blows up and you have thousands of thousands or tens of thousands of, of uh, subscribers on YouTube, then you can have me back. And then by that time, hopefully I'll have my act together and I'll have a website <laughs> and all the social media to be able to direct people to. Well, you know, anyone listening, you know, should you feel like, well, you know, but I know I've had people ask me about the, how do you meditate? Tell me, can you tell me more about it just through uh, from the things that I've shared on, on my Instagram stories. Uh, I've certainly gotten people uh, curious. So if you've gotten to this point and you're curious, you are welcome to send a, a message and especially share your thoughts and feedback down below. Y'all are awesome. Thank you, Simon, for your time. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, exploring thoughts. Until next time, good day. Good day. Good day.